This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. So we're going to move on with the Word, and uh, we're looking at Ephesians chapter 5, and last week we learned we're to imitate God, and we're told not to imitate the unbeliever. And we were given uh, guidelines and We've seen this all through uh, Ephesians, and we get some uh, understanding how we're, God is serious about us being separated from this world, not being like the world. And we saw that we're to put off the deeds of the flesh. Sex outside of marriage is wrong, and we're to not be a part of it. Improper sexual activities, speaking obscenities. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, it says, Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And I got to thinking, uh, for a believer to be involved in obscene stories or or, um, coarse talking, foolish talk, these type behavior is stealing thanksgiving to God. He said, instead of that, give thanks to God for everything that he's done for you. And, And we saw last week that walking in these things, we're walking in darkness. We're walking separated from God and we're not being effective for the kingdom and and do we really comprehend what he's saying walking in darkness if we're out of fellowship we've learned this if you're out of fellowship you still have relationship with God when he's your Lord but when you're not walking with him it says he said you're walking in darkness and that's a pretty serious thing. So let's take a, guys, come on. I just wanted to give you a little bit of an illustration if we're out of fellowship and, and just to kind of drive it home a little bit. Does God love you even if you uh, are walking in darkness? Absolutely. Well, that was... Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. He loves you even when you're walking in darkness. God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. He's in love with you. Amen? But we're harming ourselves and, of course, harming the kingdom. Can you imagine driving around like this? (laughs) He said, God's word says that we are walking, we're living in darkness. But how do we get out of the darkness? 1 John 1, 9, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And once again, we're restored immediately, lights on, immediately, the lights come on in your life. God lights, 
He lights your life up. You might be going around unlit, but he lights it. As soon as you repent, the, the moment immediately fellowship is restored. Just like with your kids, they mess up. They're still your child, but there's a, there's a hindrance there because you haven't repented for whatever you did that was wrong. And when you come and you repent, it's restored. Because we serve a good heavenly father. He doesn't want you stumbling around in darkness. He doesn't want you going and making bad decisions that will be a detriment to your life. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be blessed. So he's telling us in his word, don't do these things because they're bad for you. In Ephesians 5.11, this is where we left off. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil in darkness. Instead, expose them. We're to expose. What does light do? It exposes what's in the dark. It reveals what's there. Which is stronger, darkness or light? Light always wins. You turn the lights on, darkness goes. It's always more powerful. And we're to be exposing, not being a part of darkness, not walking in darkness. We're to be devoted to God and walking with him and knowing his way is best. I said last week that the Christian life is a lot of no's. And we don't talk about the no's a whole lot, but... There's things that as a Christian, I come across and walking in this earth and I have to go, no, not watching that, not listening to that. I'm not thinking that. I'm not going there because I'm a child of God. So when you say no, you're saying yes to Jesus. You're saying yes to his word. So there's some things you have to say no to. And especially in this day, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. New King James says the uh, lust of the flesh, lust of eyes, pride of life. That's all that's in the world. The world's got nothing to offer you. Now, is there some things what we do have to walk in and live in this world? And there's some le legitimate things in where we have to take care of, right? We have to take care of our business and we have to operate in it. But at the same time, you can operate in it and be operating from the kingdom of God also. You take care of those things, but you don't let them become a possession. You don't let them overtake your life to the next thing you know, you're acting like an unbeliever. You sound like an unbeliever. You talk like one. You listen and laugh to the same jokes. They're against God's word. 
And we wind up having the lights out. We're walking in darkness and don't even know it. Stumbling around. And then the next thing you know, where's God? Where are you, God? He hadn't gone nowhere. It's just we turned out the lights to him. So we're to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Walking according to the flesh does produce some works. It's unfruitful works of darkness. The Bible says to be spiritually minded is life. To be carnally minded is death. When I'm carnally minded, I'm walking in darkness. I'm fellowship with God. And I'm producing works. It's works of death. Death is working in my life. And it spirals down. It doesn't, death doesn't get better. It just spirals down. Corruption and things against the word of God. And we have to see the light. We have to be the light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. We're supposed to light the world up with Jesus. He's given us his light to light our lives. All right. You don't try to be light. You ever have a flashlight and it's just going, I'm light. No, you just are what you are. He said you are light. He didn't say try to be light. He said don't be light today and not light tomorrow. He said you are light. So be light. And he tells us how to stay being that light, and that's the walk in fellowship with God. I'm, I'm not talking about perfect. None of us are perfect. I'm talking about you should be in process, becoming, be becoming followers, imitators of Christ, walking after him. When I see that all he's done, when I survey my life and look at where I've came from and what I've walked in, all I can do is fall on the altar and say, oh, for the mercy of God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you that you've always been there. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for being so gentle with me. Thank you when I needed. You know, there's another side of Father. Yeah, we want uh, just the loving teddy bear father. That's the way he is most times. But how many have ever been in the woodshed of a father? Oh, we don't want to talk about that too much. But said you did that wrong and I mean it it got to me so bad that I immediately repented. It was no thinking about I immediately repented. Okay, nobody wants to talk about the woodshed. I don't know why. Well, doesn't it say that a good parent will discipline their kids? And do you not think he's a good parent? You don't think he'll discipline you? Maybe y'all just don't have the issues. Uh, okay. Okay. The Holy Spirit came on us to be a witness. He said, you will be my witness. Not just do witnessing. 
You'll be a witness. Ellen, I, re I remember her when she was uh, working at the hospital, and she called me, and she said uh, one of the nurses there had came up to her and said, I want to know what you have. And Ellen was, wasn't sure what she was talking about. He goes, what do you mean? And she said, you have peace and there's joy. I hear you laughing a lot. And, and she got to share Jesus with her and led her to the Lord. Boy, that's some nice, how about some evangelism where you're exposing darkness and convicting people and they're seeing, there should be something different about you that attracts people to Jesus, to the Jesus in you. There should be something so shocking about your love walk that it gets their attention. So shocking about the peace of God that you have on you that it gets their attention. And what about they start coming to you? What must I do to be saved? What? Maybe we need a class on that. What? <laughs> what do I do when they come to me and what must I do to be saved? Lead them to Jesus, of course. If you look through history, a, a lot of people, I mean, Swift, Smith Wigglesworth had that several times on trains, he riding trains. They had people stop the train and get on that train and look for him. And they would come and say, I don't know what it is. I'm convicted of my sins. <laughs> he had many times. He'd been on train. People come. He couldn't get no rest. They'd be lined up. They would go, your presence convicted me of my sins. I may want some of that. You can't walk in fellowship with God. Exposing things. You ever walked into a room and went silent when you walked in? Or, you know, you hear them whispering, you walk in and everything's quiet. Because somebody knew you were a Christian. <laughs> what was going on wasn't Christian. <laughs> I've had people apologize to me. I walked in a room. Oh, I'm... I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't have been saying that. I've also had the opposite. They find out I'm a Christian and they start cursing and going berserk. Trying to. <laughs> we know where that came from. Demon, right? Ephesians uh, 5 verse 12 is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. If it's a shame, they're shame to sin. And we, we do need to discuss it. It's in the Word because that's how we know. We get understanding to as well. But if it's a shame to talk about, how much shame is there in doing it? Verse 13. 
Verse 13, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. When you, when you come up and you, you have salt, you, salt hasn't lost its flavor like we found uh, in Summer on the Mount and uh, Matthew 5. If salt, and you are the salt of the earth, if you've lost your flavor, your saltiness, what good are you? Why, you're spoiled. You can't help no one. You've lost your salt. It's like the light going out. Somebody comes to you in darkness, wanting help, and you're there in darkness. Or someone you know that needs prayer, and you don't have the, the boldness to go to them because... The lights out. You're not a witness to the world because you're, you're in darkness and they're very comfortable with you. It's okay for people to be a little uncomfortable with you. We all want to be accepted, but I don't want to be accepted because I'm acting like them. <laughs> I want my light to shine. And doesn't mean you act like an idiot <laughs> and go out there and just hammer somebody over the head, you're going to hell and all this stuff. No, we walk in love and we walk in peace. And you know, there's so many opportunities that the Lord will open for you to minister to somebody, especially in the day we live in. Talking to a lady the other day, no, not much about her, but her 29-year-old niece um, in the hospital on ventilator. Nine, what happens? Open door. Pray for them. Minister to them. Carnality covers the light and makes you appear like the sinner. Look at verse 14. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. He said, The light makes everything visible, exposes. Then he says, This is why it said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead. Why does he want you to rise up and wake up? Is because you need to be light. Two reasons, he loves you. He doesn't want you living a, a destructive life and walking in darkness. And that's where the kingdom the, the, of darkness is. So we think, well, we sin and God has forsaken us. No, he hadn't forsaken you. He loves you. He loves you in your sin. It, that's, that's not it. He, he doesn't want to see you experiencing devastation and death. He wants you to have a good, successful life. He wants you to have the very depths and dreams that he's placed within you. He wants those dreams that come to pass. But you have to cooperate with him by walking with him. You have to walk in fellowship with him for those things to happen. All the anointing of God, I, I want that anointing, but you're walking in darkness. It's not going to happen. 
We have to obey what the word says. It says, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead. So this is an encouragement to those that are walking in darkness to do 1 John 1, 9, repent and come to him. Arise. It doesn't say that this person is dead. It says rise up from the dead. When you look this up in the original, it says rise up from among the dead. Rise up from among the dead. Means you're a believer, but you're acting like the dead. Acting like the unsaved, the unbeliever. And you just fit in. And if you have a hundred people laid out and they're, they're dead except for one who's asleep, it'd be tough to find that person doing some very close examination because they all look like they were the same. And that's what he's saying. Wake up from among the dead, O sleeper. Rise up from that place. You don't belong there. You're not to be there. And this is what a carnal Christian is. He's asleep among the dead. From outward appearances, he looks like a mere man. He looks the same. Because his believers gotten caught up in the works of the flesh and acts like the world, he's asleep among the dead. That's not a very entertaining thought, is it? <laughs> Be asleep with a bunch of dead people. First thing he needs to do is wake up. Wake up. Because he loves you, but God has not only loves you, he loves other people. And the way he reaches other people is through those that are lit up. Their light is shining. That's how he reaches them. That's how the kingdom of God is expanded through us. So we repent. We turn, return to fellowship. And then we separate ourselves from this world. Ephesians 5.15, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. That's what a fool is. Someone who says there is no God. Well, don't live like a fool. If we knew how much God loved us and how much he had great stuff in, in store and planned for us, it's just the enemy that tries to say the other way or just let me go here and, and taste of this of the world, whatever. It's a lie. It's not the truth. It's not reality. Be wise. Wise are living by the word. Verse 16, make the most of every opportunity in these days. When you look at... Uh, Make the most of every opportunity. It meant rescue from the loss and it means redeemed or buy back. When you wake up from among the dead and you repent and you come back, back to God, he will redeem the time 
that the canker worm and the palmer worm stole from you, that the devil stole from you. He will make up and redeem the wasted life that you had when you were walking in darkness, not producing any fruits of righteousness, but producing unfruitful works of darkness. He will use that and, and cause it to even work for your good when you turn back to him. Wow. Wow. What a good God we serve. He will use it for good. And we have many examples in the Bible. We got Abraham, Noah, Elijah, David. Just a few who went and, and slept among the dead for a while. But God, when they turned back to him, they raised them. God raised them up to new heights and place they'd never been before. So it's never hopeless. Just turn back to him. Go back to him. That's where real life is. That's where goodness and mercy flows. Following you all the days of your life. It's being with him. Hallelujah. So make every opportunity in these last days that speaking last days there means that during this dispensation. During this dispensation of grace or dispensation of the church age. Age. Satan is the little G God of this world until he's taken out. And not everything is going to be like the kingdom of God in this earth. And we are to portray the kingdom. We are portray Jesus to this world that is controlled by the enemy. We're to look like Jesus. And they are evil days. And we can see they're more evil, more corrupt. I was kind of out of pocket and didn't look at the news for a couple days. I turned it on just the other day. And uh, this uh, lady was on there talking about how it was uh, uh, discrimination. Because uh, saying that it's only women that have babies. And I, I'm looking at this, and I thought, I misheard that, you know. And, and then she proceeded to say, men have babies too. So I don't know anybody. It's no friend of mine. <laughs> you would think I would know some man that's had a baby if they can have them. And... Uh, and I'll tell you what I did. I know me. I'm going to get called up in this. I'm just going, what? Start talking to the TV. So I just turned it off. But what kind of world do we live in? We're, we're having a big issue in a fight because they were saying women get pregnant and they wanted to change it to people get pregnant. That was the whole what this whole fight was about. <laughs> Where's common sense? Common sense. I have to believe that these men that have had babies have got to be just a very few. <laughs> I, that's what I have to believe. I, I just have to believe that in my heart that that's just a very few that this has happened to. 
But if you know someone that's happened to you, let me know. I'd like to interview you. <laughs> Ephesians 5, 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So there's two things involved. This in your notes and what the Lord wants us to do. Number one is word. His word. And in Colossians it says, be filled with the word. And then number two, the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the word and we need the Holy Spirit in our life. And we need the, the balance. If it, you just, all word, you can get dry. If it's all just spirit, you can get emotional and you can get off word. We need both. We need the balance, spirit and the word. So he comes down, Ephesians 5, 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here we're saying, he's saying, wake up from among the dead. Then he's saying, understand the will of God, be wise. What is the will of God? That you not be drunk with wine, but be filled with spirit. That's the will of God for your life. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, I know that um, now when he's talking about wine here, in this case, he's talking about the natural things, this physical world. And, and you can, like I said, you can get off on, on things of this world. So wine kind of represents that, man. And he's talking about, we know those scriptures say we're not to be intoxicated. And he's talking about this person that's gotten drunk. Drinking wine. Coming drunk. How many have ever seen someone drunk? Uh, someone else, not you. <laughs> have you noticed that there is a public display from their life. I mean, there's, there's a change that takes place. So excess, he's given a comparison, excess in the natural produces a result and excess in the spirit produces a result. Being filled. What happens to you? You're filled to overflowing when you're filled. You're filled that you overflow to those around you. You just can't be quiet. You start praying for people. You, you start being active for the, for the Lord automatically. Because you're just, you're filled. You're intoxicated on God, Noah. And you talking about boldness, all of a sudden you got boldness. Because you're filled up. And be there, it's the same word where it says be imitators in Ephesians 5.1. Be means be becoming. Be becoming in a constant state 
a becoming filled. That means you're to constantly stay filled with the Spirit. Why? Because we leak. So keep being filled. And the good news is you can be a spiritual glutton. There's no limit. You can take as much as you want. There's no limits. You can have as much of God as you want. How much do you want? How much life do you want flowing in you? Glory to God. Be filled with the Spirit. And that word be there, be filled with the Spirit, is present tense action term, meaning a continuing action. Continue being filled with the Spirit. Be constantly being filled with the Spirit. Now we think that people are filled with the Spirit. They're going to be weird and float around all day. And I always like to say people that are filled with the Spirit still have to wash dishes, clean the house, (laughs) pump gas, work. That's one of the things um, I was working. Light, gas, and water we had. We'd gotten quite a few Christians and everything. And um, we actually had to watch not witnessing when we were supposed to be working. We, we needed to be producing because we had deadlines and things that had to get done. I may know what I'm talking about. And so we had to discipline ourselves and we would take our, our lunch breaks and, you know, meet and stuff, but uh, to make sure the work was done and the work was done with excellence, the best, you know, we could do. So we, we need to understand being spirit-filled doesn't mean you're a, a goofball, some weird person. It means you're probably the most... Uh, you're doing the best job than anyone else. You're, you're uh, conscious about what you do. There's a humility about you. There's a, a creativeness about you. You're a team worker. We should be the best workers. We should be the most creative. We should be the biggest blessing. I hear Christians talking about their, their job and just downing it, downing it, downing it, downing it. Said, you need to start praying for them at some point. Pray for them and look around for another job. The Lord leads you. It's okay. Look around. But they're paying you the check and you're cursing it. You're cursing the thing. Let's pray and get God's wisdom. Y'all don't shout me down. Because I'm preaching good. Thank you, Brother Hagen. Kent Hagen's favorite uh, line. Doesn't mean you go into a pulpit ministry or to the missions field. Your job's your pulpit. Your neighborhood is your mission field. Wherever you're at. The world that you're in. God will reward the faithful. He'll reward a spirit-filled wife as much as an apostle to Africa. You're doing what you're called to do. When you do what you're called to do, God rewards. He's faithful. 
Say faithful. Do you know he's, in, he's got that in his leg? Just read Revelation. It says faithful and true. He's got it on him. <laughs> Is that a tattoo? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's on him when he comes back as his white horse. It says he's faithful and true. There's horses in heaven. That's what I, that's my type of thinking, bam. There's horses, there's dogs. There's many Jaxes and Maxes and Jaxes. <laughs> Jack the miniature Lamadoodle. <laughs> Where was it? Okay, Ephesians five nineteen. We got talking about heaven. We went there for a moment. Then okay, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks. You remember I, I read that first uh, Ephesians 5.11 to start this. And it was talking about don't be involved in sexual immorality, obscene story, foolish talk. But let there be giving the thanks. You get filled with the Spirit and you'll find yourself singing to yourself. Oh, yeah. How many have been there? Been filled to spirit? Oh, you're singing stuff to yourself. You're riding along. I mean, if you're like me, you've had some hit songs. I mean, so man, if I could just get this uh, on paper, they didn't have recordings in, but... Uh, <laughs> I did a lot of that. I'd have a lot of me singing. And I, I tell you, it was almost as good as me in the shower. I mean, these are fabulous, fabulous songs. Almost as good as Lauren. Did y'all notice we sang one of her songs this morning and another one? What a blessing. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Grandpa comes out sometimes. How many grandparents are here? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. You do the same thing. <laughs> when you're spirit-filled, your life is filled with thankfulness. And when things go wrong, you know to give him the sacrifice of praise. You know to put it in his hands. He's faithful. It may not look like it's coming to pass right then, but it's coming to pass. He's, he's faithful to his word. He's a good father. Ephesians 5.21. Uh, and, and, and Father, submit to one another in reverence for Christ. Spirit-filled people are submissive people. And they submit to each other. Submission to him puts our lives in perspective of others. 
and we realize we're nothing without him, but we are with him. So we give honor, respect, and we have humility because we reverence the Lord. Philippians 2, 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but for the interest of others. So we should be, as believers, be looking to honor and respect each other and others and be submissive to each other. So let's bow our heads. I just want to give an invitation to those that are here. If you'll just bow your head for just a moment. If you never asked Jesus into your heart, made him your Lord and Savior, I'll give you an opportunity. It's a simple prayer, but if you mean it from your heart, it changes everything for you. You change families. He died for you. He paid the price for you to be a part of his family. He loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die on the cross. But he didn't just die there for himself. He died for us. He took our sins. He took our guilt. He took our shame. He took everywhere we missed it. He did all for us and love. So you have an opportunity right now to say yes to Jesus. And we're going to pray a simple prayer. You believe this in your heart and you confess this. You will be saved and you'll belong to him. Let's say it together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus. I receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of my life. I believe he was raised from the dead and seated at the right hand of Father God. I turn from my old life and I embrace my new life in Christ. Thank you for loving me, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing in Jesus' mighty name. And maybe, let's just bow our heads one more thing. Maybe you realize you need to wake up. Or maybe you need to be filled. And we're going to have some prayer partners down here afterwards. Be glad to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be baptized, saturated in the Holy Spirit. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like you jumping in an ocean. And you're a part of Him. You belong to Him. And He will immerse you in in His glory. So, Father, I pray for every person here. If they're asleep, that they'll wake up from among the dead. And, Lord, if there's anything that's a place of darkness, they'll let the light illuminate 
and there will be a repentive heart and they'll come back to the altar they'll come back to you and Lord I thank you for ministering your amazing love and grace thank you for being a forgiver thank you they're the lifter of our hands the restorer of the brokenhearted. you open our eyes that were blind and you cause us to see thank you for your ministry Holy Spirit to each and every person in Jesus name If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.